agents aren't happy with Ray, uh, neither am I. They, they've lost complete confidence in him. We see military commanders get relieved for loss of confidence or lack of confidence all the time. Uh, so hopefully when Christopher Ray is next, uh, rest assured, Joe Biden will probably either uh, replace him with a, a, a black or brown woman who can't define what a woman is, or uh, another old rich white guy like he quietly did at the CIA. You'll Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host of the original Uncloseted Conservative. Guys, thanks for listening. And more than that, thanks for being a part of this Uncloseted Conservative Army where the rules are simple. We fight tyranny. Anytime, any day, any tyrant. Guys, today's show is presented by Z-Stack. Z-Stack Live, Dr. Zelenko leaves his legacy with us. Uh, Guys, Make your immune system clean, resilient, and resistant. Your immune system can be weakened by over 300 different immunodeficiency disorders, poor diet, lack of sleep, and even adverse reactions to various vaccines. Not any one particular one, but various vaccines. Z-Stack offers a range of supplements to support your immune system, whether you're a child or a young adult or one of our more experienced listeners. Dr. Z sourced clean and healthy ingredients to bring you some of the best supplements available. Essentials like zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Guys, Z-Stack vitamins are kosher, they're GMP certified, and they're made right here in the good old US of A. Go to thejomobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack and use promo code MOBLY at checkout for the best savings. Protect and promote your immune system's health today. Go to thejomobleyshow.com slash ZStack. Use promo code Mobley. All right. Uh, so have you heard uh, the name? Whose name was on the affidavit that was released um, for that kind of granted the, uh, the warrant on uh, President Trump's home? Uh, how about the former assistant director to the FBI, what they're saying about the Bureau's case? And do you know where you stand on tactics and strategy? You might want to bone up just a bit. Guys, all that and more, and it all starts right now. All right. Welcome back. It's so good to be uh, live with you guys again. I've had to do some um, uh, lots of different work here and there. I've had to do some pre-recorded episodes more. Uh, than I generally like to. I, I, you, you guys know that I love to do it live um, and to be able to engage with you here. Um, you know, while while everything's going on. Whew. So I'm glad to be back. Uh, a little bit of an interesting 
news cycle this week. Just truly, truly lots of uh, interesting stuff going on. Um, so I've got an AC guy coming now that I say that I like to do it live. Uh, and if he comes during the broadcast, which I'm sure he will, um, then I will have to cut to a pre-recorded portion. So I did, I did a smaller interview, maybe 15, 20 minutes, um, with, uh, Charles Comier, the CEO of top leads. Um, and, and he's just an awesome dude. Really interesting to have, uh, if you're a philosophy buff, uh, but anyway, we talk a little bit about cold email. Um, so might get to that towards the end of the show if my AC guy comes uh, because it is it is hot. The uh, just the downstairs and basement have AC in my house right now. Uh, and if you're in Northern Virginia, you know it's been about 91, 94 degrees the last few days. So where my office is on the top floor, it is very very uh, warm. But you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, let me open up Rumble so I can see your comments. Guys, you know, I love engaging with your comments. Uh, you can do comments on Facebook, on Rumble. Uh, you can do comments on Getter. Uh, but if you want to make sure that I see your comment, you got to send me an email. The address is ask at com. Go ahead and shoot me an email. I love connecting with you guys over there. All right. Boom. Wow. We got the... We got the Rumble comments up. We got the Facebook comments up. We are kicked off of LinkedIn. No more The Joe Mobley Show on LinkedIn. No more Joe Mobley on LinkedIn. So that's interesting. I got I got the full acts from LinkedIn before any other social media platform. Still on Twitter, still on Facebook, Instagram... Uh, uh, did a lot against my profile, but I'm still there. LinkedIn just pulled the plug. Just boom. Um, they they did a one-hitter quitter over there, which is their prerogative. Um, so and let's get that screen share going. Boom. There it is. So there are those wonderful Z-Stack uh, products, guys. They've got uh, stuff for immune health. They've got gummies. They've got stuff for kids. They've got a, a detox over there. Um, so make sure you go uh, and look at that. All right, here we go. Epic Times reporting, guys. You know that I love the uh, Epic Times. Uh, so here's the thing. Did you notice, have you heard, have you seen uh, in all the news coverage, maybe the other uh, radio shows and podcasts that you listen to, um, this guy right here, Cash Patel, who was a senior uh, White House official under Donald J. Trump, um, he's a former federal prosecutor. Uh, I believe he was the chief or the deputy chief for uh, Department of Homeland Security um, at, at some point. Um, but anyway, here's the deal. Did you see that his name uh, is listed as an unredacted name in the affidavit? Uh, and if you don't know what an affidavit is, it, it's a sworn statement, but it's kind of the worst kind of sworn statement for a good patriot like you or I. It's the sworn statement that a federal agent, a federal agent like a United States Security, uh, United States Secret Service agent, uh, like one of the 87,000, you know, Jack Budget Stormtrooper IRS agents that are federal law enforcement agents, 1811 series agents. If you don't know what that is, Google 1811 series federal agent and will tell you all about it. This is someone with statutory power of arrest. This is someone 
uh, with a firearm and a badge and wide sweeping authority under the Patriot Act, under other acts, uh, to make your life a living hell. Um, to anyone like this, any, any of these federal agents, FBI agents in this case, can go and make a sworn statement before a judge. That sworn statement that that federal agent is making is called an affidavit. It's used as the basis of truth to justify a warrant. That agent is swearing that what they are saying is true and takes them out of reasonable suspicion into probable cause, and they're they're asking uh, for a warrant. Now, as a former federal prosecutor, Cash Patel knows and even says himself, the worst place that your name can appear as an unredacted name is on a federal search warrant or in a federal app and an affidavit for a federal search warrant. Um, it, it's kind of a shot across the bow. Okay. Uh, all of those redacted names, those are going to be agents, those are going to be CIs, those are, uh, are uh, confidential informants, those are going to be sources of the agency, sources of the federal government, of the intelligence community, of, of the, the law enforcement apparatus, something that they want to keep secret. When names that are unredacted are the ones that they're looking into, of which there were two, Donald J. Trump and Cash Patel. Um, it's really interesting. It's really interesting that they're deciding uh, to put these things out because we've, we've seen all over, all over the internet the Trump team asked for uh, the the warrant to be unsealed. They asked for it to be released to the public. They asked to see um, all kinds of documents. And, you know, the Department of Injustice is saying, no, no, no. But they're leaking stuff out into the internet. They're leaking stuff out to the media, uh, to New York Times and their buddies over at CNN, who, remember, CNN's not supposed to be uh, a political puppet at this time, but they still kind of are. Uh, so the DOJ, AG's office, um, the FBI, they're leaking these things out, not by mistake. This is intentional. This is information warfare. They're using this information as a weapon. They're letting Cash Patel know that we did this to Donald Trump. We can do this to you. They're letting the American people know if we can do this, to the former president of the United States, the most recent one who just left office, the one who's the obvious front runner for the Republican Party uh, nominee and who will be the presidential candidate and who will be the 47th president of the United States. If we can do it to him, we can do it to anyone. No one is untouchable. That's what this is about. That is exactly what this is about. And just the, the flagrant disregard for for law, for order, um, for just the regular SOPs, what's good and appropriate. Uh, you'll notice that the the U.S. magistrate judge is Bruce Reinhardt. Again, just eight, nine, ten weeks ago, this guy has to recuse himself uh, from a civil lawsuit for animus, for bias against Donald Trump. But no one at DOJ, the adjutant general, no, no, the AG, the Department of Injustice, the Federal Bureau of Injustice, none of them batted an eye when a judge who had to recuse themselves uh, because of animus towards, you know, a, a complainant, Donald Trump, 
no one better than I when that same judge was brought these affidavits and signed off on a federal warrant. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. And everyone knows it. You mean to tell me, I mean, for, for this to happen, the White House had to have been directly involved. Don't listen to the lies in mainstream media. Donald Trump, as a president, has executive privilege. The only person authorized in the United States to waive executive privilege is, ding, 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 the executive. President Joe Biden or whoever is sitting at the desk in the Oval that day really kind of uh, running the show. Maybe it's Kamala. Maybe it's Barack. Who the heck knows? Maybe it's Ellen DeGeneres for all we know. I, I have no idea. Uh, but someone acting as the executive had to waive executive privilege for this to even happen. It's never happened to Barack Obama. No one ever raided his home to find documents, uh, to find uh, communication, to find information about what happened in Benghazi, to find information about uh, colluding uh, with, with other governments. No one's done that. No one's raiding any of the homes of the Biden crime family, even though they've got, they've got missing diaries uh, that are very, very suggestive. Miss, missing diaries with everything from child sex crimes and, and incestuous relationships and just everything wildly inappropriate. No one's investigating uh, Hunter Biden's cracked out you know, human trafficking laptop that he leaves with the geek squad. No one is looking into that. No privilege needs to be waived for that. But the president of the United States home uh, is raided. Now, I've said on this show not to worry about it. It's nothing burger. The documents aren't classified. Now, I know there are images that Injustice Department leaked. There are images all over the internet. And you can see all these documents in there and they're blurred out and they're putting things over them and they've got cover sheets and says top secret, secret SCI, top secret SCI, all this stuff all over the place. I'm just waiting for one to come out that says, you know, Trump's unauthorized copy of the launch codes because that's a thing. I've said it here. I'll say it again. The documents are not classified. The documents are unclassified. The President of the United States can unclassify things just by virtue of them speaking. So as someone who's worked in the government for over a decade, I think it's important that you, the listener, understand there are formalities, there are processes in place to make things right and proper, uh, paper trail, all that kind of thing. So you have in your mind um, executive orders, you have in your mind printed orders, uh, you know, typed or, or paper written orders, uh, emails and everything that's, you know, tracked and traced and, and can be foliated, that kind of thing. While all that stuff is true, that's not exactly how it works. A lot of those orders are produced um, after the fact or, or retroactively, I guess you could say. Um, the way that it works is at all levels of the decentralized command that is the United States government, when we're talking about law enforcement, intelligence, and, and defense, military, all of those things, it's decentralized command, okay? So the person on the ground is really in charge. It, it, like you, you think about Afghanistan, 
while it's true, there's a strategic plan that's created in the Pentagon and pushed out to all of the major commands, the combatant commanders, the, the combatant commander on the ground and really, really, not even the commander of troops on the ground in country, but really those, those subordinate commanders, I'm talking those captains and majors, they're the ones on the ground that have real control, the real say, and their senior NCOs, the real say on how we are going to accomplish the objective. Are we going to do a deliberate ambush? Are we going to, like, what kind of thing is it? Is it going to be an LOA type thing? Is it going to be an L-shaped ambush, V-shaped, whatever? The Pentagon doesn't decide that. The Pentagon puts out the strategic goals and all of those tactical solutions are really decided by boots on the ground. The same, that's the same way that works in law enforcement. Um, you know, a police chief has strategic objectives and things like that, but the officers on the ground are making the decision because little headphone guy's not there. So because of that, these things are spoken into existence and the paper copies are made later. Prime example, uh, Baghdadi. You know, those those tier one operators find this guy. Uh, same thing with bin Laden, Devgru, tier one operators. They, they get an assault package on this guy. When they see him, they don't ask for permission to engage. Well, okay, in that case, the mission is uh, killer capture. I, I believe it was just kill. Um, but no, no one asked. They were deciding right then on the ground. Um, but with the Baghdadi situation, that senior White House staff is in the situation room. Donald Trump didn't sign a document to say execute. He just said it, execute, go, whatever, whatever word he chose. And then the paperwork is drawn up later. You know, the boom, bang, bang, bang is done immediately. The paperwork is done later. Had he pulled an Obama. And because after the, after the execution, they do tactical site exploitation and they get intelligence, and they get, you know, phones, hard drives, maps, uh, everything that they can get, bank statements, everything they can get of value or perceived value from the site they take. Had Trump pulled in Obama and gone out on CNN and said, we did this, you know, before there was an opportunity to exploit the intelligence, that declassifies it right there. It's classified in that moment. When the president says it out loud in public before the media, it's declassified. That's how it works. That's how it works. When the president takes documents uh, while they're president and they take documents to say, hey, this stack of documents is unclassified. That's just how it works. You might not like it, but that's how it is. It's, it's the same it's an immutable fact, just like the president is the commander-in-chief of the military. You might not like it. You might not like the president. I don't like the commander-in-chief of the military right now. But he is unilaterally empowered to order those troops to go anywhere and do anything on, on behalf of the American people. Really, he does it on behalf of the globalist elite. Um, but anyway, I, I got a little sidetracked there. So the documents aren't classified. They're not. They're just not. I don't care what you've seen on the internet. The fact of the matter is the documents are not classified. They, if the documents were classified, they would have... If the documents were classified after President Trump left office and he had them for some reason, 
even though presidents do have access to classified information. But if it was the big, 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 big no-no, then they would have indicted Donald Trump. And you know it. Now, I've been saying for a long time that they don't have it. They don't have the case. I've been saying that for a long time. But it's not just me. It's not just me. The former assistant bureau, uh, the former assistant director of the FBI himself says that they don't have the case. They don't have it. They're, they, they just don't. Uh, he writes here. Here, let me scroll down so you can see it if you're, a, uh, if you're someone who watches that. Yeah, we're just going to read this part here. Uh, he writes, we know why the DOJ wanted the affidavit, which is supposed to articulate the probable cause needed for a legitimate search to be kept under seal. Oh, this is the wrong uh, portion. da 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 Okay, the affidavit used the affidavit and the search warrant being uh, being blasted out over the internet reveals the government has no case against him. The affidavit confirmed that the FBI's investigation was triggered by the January 2022 or was triggered in January 2022 at the request of the National Archives, which wanted certain documents, especially classified documents, uh, that it considered to be presidential record that it considered to. Yeah, that it considered to be presidential records to be turned over to it by Donald Trump. Again, this is why people are saying this is a a records dispute with the National Archives. But there appears to be nothing in the affidavit of certain a refusal by Trump to cooperate. Second, so there there wasn't actual probable cause. That that's a huge problem uh, for the government. Um, it it, it really is. Uh, second, from what I've seen, I don't believe the affidavit articulates how a federal judge was or is, or how a federal law was or is being broken. For those who hold out hope that the affidavit's redacted sections fill that gap, there is almost no chance that they do. Uh, and he he just, th- this is a nothing burger. I've, I've said it a bunch, but guys, I'm I'm not the only one who thinks this. There is not sufficient evidence to promote the or to support the claim that you know federal laws have been broken. Again, the president of the United States is the one person on earth at any given time that cannot mishandle classified information. They can't. They can screw up. They can, you know, people around them can think, oh, you ought to do better. But they're the one person who gets to do, they, they get to make up the rules. They get to say, this is classified and this is not. They're the only person. Um, so one last thing that I wanted to get into. Da, 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 da. Oh, well, this is just a footnote. So apparently uh, there's there's some anger within the Bureau about Christopher Ray's performance, which I, I think is an understatement. There's an awesome article at the Western Journal. Um, I just found this one recently, so I'll have to, uh, well, it came out yesterday, uh, last night. I'll have to put
put this one in the description below because it's not there. Uh, but apparently, the word on the street from the agents on the ground is they are not satisfied with director Ray's uh, stewardship over the agency. They believe that he has lost control of the FBI. Um, and they want him out. The FBI agents are, this is uh, reported in the article, the FBI agents are telling me they have lost confidence in Ray. All Ray does is go in and say, we need more training and we're doing stuff about it or we will not tolerate it. Um, honestly, what pisses me off about Christopher Ray is he was brought in by Donald Trump to cause massive disruption in human trafficking networks, which is something that he is uniquely qualified to do. And they actually did. DHS, DOJ, uh, the guys and gals at HSI, the guys and gals um, on the TAC teams at the Bureau, they did tremendous counterproliferation work in human trafficking, you know, against domestic traffickers, against cartels and their trafficking operations, not just drugs and arms, but specifically people, human uh, sex and labor trafficking of men, women, and children. Uh, that's why he was brought on. That was the mandate. And while Trump was, you know, steering the ship, they were, I guess they are, their hands were tied. They were forced into doing that good work. Um, that's why we saw the arrest of Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein, Jillian Maxwell. Uh, that's why you started to hear a lot more about the Hollywood elites and the social elites who were previously untouchable. And it's like, hey, you know what? These guys are into some really sick, weird stuff. These guys are into some really uh, creepy sex stuff. You started to hear that. It was because of Donald Trump. It was solely because of Donald Trump. Um, as far as I'm concerned, when Donald Trump went out really even eight to 10 months before uh, he went out almost as if Ray knew he was going to lose the election somehow, but uh, I digress. Um, they took their foot off the pedal there. You know, they kind of eased up on, on the gas. And now, uh, and I'm subscribed to the email list, the HSI, uh, DHS, um, uh, human trafficking news. You can subscribe to it on their website and get the latest and greatest and the convictions and, and all of that stuff. And it's definitely slowed down. Um, so anyway, that was supposed to be a footnote. Uh, yeah, agents aren't happy with Ray. Uh, neither am I. They, they've lost complete confidence in him. We see military commanders get relieved for loss of confidence or lack of confidence all the time. Uh, so hopefully when Christopher Ray is next, uh, rest assured, Joe Biden will probably either uh, replace him with a, a, a black or brown woman who can't define what a woman is or uh, another old rich white guy like he quietly did at the CIA. You'll notice that their female director is gone and they now have an old rich white guy as director. Uh, but what I wanted uh, the last news story to be um, is, is just to tell you guys, stop getting comfort from the things you hear in the news, okay? Um, so this was all over the internet that the uh, top anti-Trump FBI official, this is again from the Western Journal, top anti-Trump FBI official reportedly escorted out of office by headquarters looking types. Um, this was, uh, everyone's calling him uh, Tim Tebow. That's not his name. It, it, it looks like, it looks like Thibault's, I don't know, Timothy Thibault's uh, was removed from the FBI. Here are my thoughts on that, guys. My thoughts on that is 
it's a massive sham, okay? Don't get excited about it. Uh, don't don't get the warm fuzzy that this obvious, uh, you know, this obvious loser uh, got the walk of shame out of of the Hoover building. This is why. Don't you think it's interesting that he's been allowed to work with impunity and with everyone being perfectly satisfied with his behavior for all of this time, all of this stuff has been going on? The guy who unlawfully uh, investigated the president. And, and we've got all the text messages. Yeah, we hate this, this guy so much. And, you know, we're making fun of him and, and all of this stuff. We're going to do whatever it takes to keep him out of office on view phones, on FBI, on bureau-issued phones. Um, first of all, everyone knows. You're, you get so much training. All of your emails, all of your texts, all of that stuff on government systems is foilable. None of it is secret. It will all... Uh, live to see the light of day, unless it's Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, she can get rid, just like she can get rid of a person, she can get rid of any amount of data. Um, so unless you were texting with Hillary Clinton, you need to know that that stuff is recoverable uh, and that someone is, has, or will be reading it at some time. The, 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 that's the rule, okay? But you don't find it funny that he's been allowed to just work you know, with impunity, totally fine. Totally fine to look into the president, uh, to defraud the FISA court, to lie in these affidavits, to lie about the to lie about the probable cause, and then to lie to continuously lie about what the warrants, you know, what the breed was like, what you were getting out of the warrants to issue additional warrants to keep this, you know, telephonic and 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 surveillance operation going it was a huge lie. And the one guy gets walked out of there, uh, newsflash, folks, this guy did not do everything that he did by himself. All of those agents, all of that support staff, all of those uh, evidence response team members, all of those agents, all of the analysts, all of them are still there and they're still doing the crap that they did. But one guy gets walked out because the FBI is seeing, is seeing almost an unprecedented amount of public scrutiny. So they walk one guy out and we're supposed to feel better about it. Don't. Absolutely absurd. It, it means absolutely nothing. They are literally just throwing you a little bone. They're, they're throwing you little scraps and saying, here you go, puppet. I hope you're happy. That, that's what's going on here. It's plain as day. Do you not see it? Am I wrong? Am I misreading the situation? Please. You got the email. It's ask at djmobileshow.com. Send me an email. Let's talk about it. But guys, this is this is not even a nothing burger. This is this is a little bit of a something burger because they they are going to extraordinary lengths to appease the masses, to make you feel good about how they're, they're bringing oversight and accountability to the Bureau. They are not. They're not. No one that was involved in the Christopher Steele uh, you know, dossier, uh, Russia hoax, Spygate, no one who was involved in any of that is seeing real accountability. 
getting fired after a long and prestigious career with your big government benefits package, and you can go and get on the board of any uh, number of technology companies, uh, surveillance companies, uh, law enforcement, uh, training, intelligence companies. It's nothing. It is nothing. They probably said, hey, which one of you, um, which one of you 10 top guys that were here during all this, which one of you just wants to retire? Yeah. Hey, do you mind if we kind of perp walk you out of the building on your way out? Just for the cameras. You, you know we're cool. That's what's going on here. Don't be fooled by it. He's never going to see the inside of a jail cell. They might parade him around for some congressional hearings after we take back the House. Guys, we need more accountability than, than the appearance of the House and, and the federal government pendulum going back and forth. But really, it's one steady march towards the same thing. Bigger government, more overbearing government, more government control, more government spending, more indebtedness for our future. And we're supposed to be securing the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. Instead, we are securing the shackles and bondage and slavery of insurmountable debt for ourselves and our posterity. That's how the American experiment is going. That's what you can plug into that meme, how it started and how it's going. This is how it started with bold and courageous men in boats on Christmas Eve. And how it's going is a freaking sham. It, it's appalling is how it's going. Um, yeah, so yeah, don't, don't celebrate the nothing, the, the nonsense announcement that they're, that they're firing people over at the Hoover building. There's no accountability in that agency. And I stand by the statement that it needs to be torn down and it needs to go bye-bye. The IRS needs to go bye-bye. The FBI needs to go bye-bye. Um, huge portions of the Department of Injustice, huge portions of uh, DHS and all of these groups, they, they've lost their, their right to be trusted. They've lost it. Um, and I, I just, no, I, I'm, I'm not available for that. I, I'm really not. And I'm, I'm kind of upset that so many of us are so routinely taken in by it. The government is singing this siren song to you and I, and we're so often, we're just, we, we're just intoxicated by it. We're just taken in. Oh, all right. So. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, well, it was tactics and strategies, I think, what I put in the planner. Um, yeah, there we go. Let's pull that up. Tactics and strategy. Um, now, here's the deal. I, I'm not saying it's, it's do or die time. I'm not saying that you need to go out and get gas and guns and gold. Um, you know, the, the three G's there and, uh, all the ammo and all of the farm supplies and all of the water storage, you, you should be, uh, building up supplies in that way. You should, if you don't have those basic items, you know, we're seeing more and more in the news today, even in mainstream news, uh, that scary quote that a civilization is only nine meals away. I mean, it is nuts that that has moved into the Overton window, into the acceptable topics. Uh, but we're, we're seeing it and we're hearing it. 
uh, with everything that's going on with the supply chain, with the food, uh, and and with the sustainability issues at farms and at large uh, uh, produce and um, um, basic supply suppliers. Uh, yeah, all that all that stuff is scary. I'm not saying that we're on the edge and and that. Uh, if not global economic collapse, at least American economic collapse and, you know, depression, not recession, but true depression is around the corner. I'm not saying that. Uh, I am saying we're, we're about due for one. Uh, you know, 2008 was bad, but we have not had a Great Depression style depression for a while uh, with people reusing aluminum foil and, and saving every scrap of food and drop of drink. Uh, we, we've not experienced that. Um, but... And in spite of that, yes, you should be, you know, uh, storing up stuff if you can. That that's just prudence. That's just that's just wisdom. And you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Bible is full of just two types of stories: warnings and example. The warnings are, hey, don't do this. Don't do what this guy did. The examples are, do do this. Do what this guy did. I'll tell you right now, if you don't have any of these things, if you don't have guns, ammo, gas, gold, food, uh, water, provisions, if you don't have any of those things, then I'll, when it does hit the fan, in, in whatever capacity it does, you will be one of the warnings, not the example. If you were way over leveraged on your home, you'll find yourself homeless. If you are way underprepared on your food, you will find yourself starving. If you were way underprepared um, on, on security or on firearms, you will find yourself on the receiving end of someone who is more prepared uh, with that stuff and has has nefarious uh, uh, nefarious leanings, you'll find yourself being a victim instead of being someone that is is secure and is able to protect their castle and um, keep their wits about them. But on on strategy and tactics, I uh, want to leave you guys with this note. Uh, I am going to play. Uh, my interview segment with Charles because I do need to jump off of here. Um, yeah, I do need to jump off of here and take care of that house stuff. But strategy and tactics. Uh, number one, it's important that you understand that the two are different. So the strategy is the overall thing you are trying to achieve. The strategy is the what. The tactic is how, okay? So strategic goal, a strategic aim is what you're trying to accomplish. And the tactical solution, the tactical application is how you were going to do it. If, if the campaign was about, uh, you know, destroying this community, this village, or if it was about um, building these schools or building up this water infrastructure, that's the strategy. The tactics is how you're going to do it. Are we going to do uh, small arms? Are, are we going to do boots on the ground? Are we going to do uh, airstrikes? Are, are we going to use a small unconventional warfare unit to just plant explosives? You know, are, are we going to hire contractors for construction? Are we going to send in Army Corps of Engineers for the construction of the schools? Are, are we going to do that for the water? Are we going uh, to partner with NGOs? Are we going to partner uh, with, with existing water companies? That's the difference between strategy and tactics, okay? It's important that you... Know that so you can begin to see with new eyes. So you can start thinking, you know, you don't have to be the world's greatest philosopher, the, the world's greatest military strategist or tactician. You don't have to be a general. You don't have to be Sun Tzu's stepson. 
Uh, you just need to know enough to be dangerous and think, okay? Um, so again, um, you know, I, I showed this to you guys, I think for the first time last week, but we're, we're going to bring it up again and it's going to be linked um, here. This is the Carver Matrix, okay? This is something that was developed by the United States Special Operations Command, okay? Um, well, actually, this predates the, the SOCOM Special Operations Command um, because it comes from the Vietnam War era. Uh, but this is, this is very good. It's called the Carver Matrix, okay? Familiar, familiarize yourself with it. That's, that's Carver. It stands for uh, criticality, accessibility, recuperability, vulnerability, effect, and recognizability. Familiarize yourself with this. Um, do a couple of Carver Matrix exercises. Again, you can see here, it's got uh, different targets, water intake, sanitation processors, and the power center. And it carvers it out. And you can see uh, the carver here comes out to 11. And here it comes out to 18 and then another 11. So when they carved this out, they determined that the sanitation processors were the best target. And it looks like primarily based on how vulnerable they were, which is a five, and how uh, uh, big the effect would be, which was another five. Um, you can see that it's been used in other applications. You can see here uh, for projects to start a website, a referral campaign, a flyer distribution, they carved it out. They found out that the referral campaign was much more impactful and important than starting the website or doing the flyer distribution. This is something that you could use for business, but we're going to focus on um, we're going to focus on uh, this military application. Uh, Department of State, Department of Energy type groups would use this, but you you need to be familiar with this. And the reason that you need to be familiar with this is no, 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 not so you can go out and and find the best targets and launch attacks. That's not what you should do. And honestly, if you tried, you'd fail, um, more than likely. If I'm explaining to you what this is, then if you tried, you would fail. Um, just take me at my word on that one. The reason that you need to know about this is because I, I want to give you a homework assignment. I want you to think about the things that have been happening. Think about the news coming out about uh, about the toxins in the water. Think about the news coming out about food shortages. Think about the food and supply shortages that we've seen in the last 24 months. Uh, think about the mysterious destruction of so many food plants, processing plants, um, the destruction of millions of eggs, millions of chickens, uh, bovine mysterious deaths, poisoning. Um, think about all that stuff and then go back to this Carver matrix and plug those things in, kind of reverse engineer what's been happening and, and do it as a homework assignment. Put water supply, water purification, put food processing and, and then the MSRs, the main supply routes, the veins that, that feed, uh, that pump through the nation and feed it. Um, we're talking. We're talking trains. We're talking trucks. We're talking uh, the freight industry with ports. 
think about all that stuff, put it into Carver Matrix, and see what you can carve out, pun intended, um, based on the criticality, accessibility, uh, recuperability, vulnerability, effect, and recognizability. Um, And ask yourself, what would you do? How would you do it? Ask yourself if you were one of the global elites, if you were the World Economic Forum, if you were part of this group that has a stated goal of of dismantling not just the United States government, but all individual nation governments and setting up a one world government by 2030. It's on their website. Look it up. Ask yourself how you would do it and see if your carbon matrix makes sense with what's happening. That's all. Not trying to talk you into anything. Just giving you some basic tools so that you can sit down and and see for yourself uh, what's happening. And I'll just leave it there. Um, you know, not not the the best news, um, but hey, you know, not the worst news either. Uh, but you guys, it, it's a Carver matrix. You need to familiarize yourself with it. Uh, if you've seen the movie Red Dawn, you know, uh, old or new, the 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 Wolverines, they're going around, they're, they're collecting, uh, they're doing human operations, collecting human intelligence, um, and they're coming up with target packages and they're, they're, they're basing them. They're, they're doing Carver. They're doing Carver matrices. They're, they're not telling you that in the movie, but that's what they're doing. They're looking at troop movements. They're looking at the times and dates, the equipment, um, how hard or soft a target is, vulnerability assessments. They're doing carver matrices, matrices to figure out what targets to hit when and what order and for what impact. Um, anyway, if you put the news of what's been happening, the totality of the circumstance of what's been happening for the last two years, but also for the last decade into a Carver matrix, um, you'll probably find yourself uh, in a really revealing and a really uh, scary spot. So it's not me talking you into anything. That's me telling you about some tools that you can use to draw your own conclusions. Uh, so I'm going to play that interview with Charles now, uh, and I'm going to split. So that it's just going to be a, a hard stop at the end of it. Um, you know, thanks for being a listener. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe no matter how you're consuming this. If you're a podcast listener, I would love it for you to rate and review uh, the show. So go ahead and leave me a note. Um, guys, you can uh, support me, support the channel, support the podcast by going to djmobleyshow.com. Uh, maybe sign up for my email list and, and get exclusive content and discounts to the shop that no one else gets. Uh, buy some merchandise and, and be a proud American, be an outspoken uh, patriot. Uh, last but certainly not least, support Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Make sure that you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code MOBILE. You get up to 66% off. It's the steepest discount that you're going to get, guys. Um, so go get your pillows, your slippers, your robes. You're extremely comfortable. Like, oh my gosh. Even with the AC out, there's Giza Dream Sheets. They feel so good. Uh, go to MyPillow.com right now. Use promo code Mobley when you check out. 
Guys, that's all I got. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you do the homework. And I hope you enjoy this interview. Charles, how are you doing, my friend? Great, great. Beginning of my day. What about you? Uh, just the same. I'm I'm a couple interviews in, so uh, it, it's a long it's a long day for a Tuesday. I don't know if it feels like this for you. It feels like a Monday. Uh, <laughs> caffeine caffeine's rolling in. I have a yerba mate here. I have a big old huge cup of Joe with my Iron Man mug that I acquired last weekend. And well, you're doing better be than me. You're doing better than me. I've not tapped in the coffee yet. It's been a huge mistake, uh, and, and I do feel it. Uh, so I have a short break after this, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I haven't even down my first cup of water either. I'm behind in all the ways. Uh, yeah. And guys, when you speak for a living, I, I know Charles has got all kinds of calls. I've got all kinds of calls. You really got to stay hydrated. It's nuts. Stay <laughs> high. Stay high more than hydrated um, on, <laughs> on caffeine. Yeah, that's my trick. Um, you, you know, I used to give up coffee, Joe, like for... I'm a biohacker on a daily basis and I, I cycle on and off caffeine. When I was off caffeine, I used this app. It's called um, Othership.us. Um, and I don't know when, when they're going to start giving me money because I keep referring them, but it's basically a breathwork app. And you start um, some cycles and you greet like hard Wim Hof style. Not sure if you know about uh, that style, but it's like five minutes and you kind of wake up, uh, you wake up off that experiment and you're energized all of a sudden without the need of caffeine. So that's a good one for people that don't drink coffee. Uh, if, if coffee makes them anxious as well, uh, breath work can be a good um, alternative. And if coffee makes you anxious, maybe try to include some L-theanine supplementation in there. It's what balances the, the caffeine as well. So yeah, just a couple of tips here. Start off the bat with some value. You know, there's definitely, there are a lot of workouts you can do with breathing. And we've not spoken about this. I was a professional musician in, in a former life. I played yeah. trombone. I still play trombone. Show. But those... Uh, you know, breathing exercises where it's at. I'm sad to say my bike, I, I had some some high impact injuries from my army time. Yeah. So I, I have to cycle now. Uh, I, I can't, I can run, but I really shouldn't. I usually pay the price if I go on any type of distance really? run. Mm. Uh, but I'm sad to say, I mean, I live in beautiful Northern Virginia. We've got mountains, wow. rolling hills, forests. Yeah. And my bike is in the garage on the trainer. And it's oh, been man. on the trainer for the better part of the season and we're coming, you know, well, some people are real men. They cycle year round. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually a spring and summer warrior. So we're kind of coming to the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, but I need to, um, it, it's because I need to get my, my cables tied. I need to get mm -hmm. an overhaul. really. I need to take yeah. them to the shop. Oh, but biking's the best sport. I mean, especially mountain biking uphill, it's cardio. Uh, except if you're one of these electric bike people that I have yet I to understand. I can't stand electric bikes. <laughs> There's well, no invention like the bicycle. Mankind, we've still not created something as energy efficient and the output yeah, as the bicycle. Yeah. And they come out with the electric one. And I'm not against electric vehicles and stuff, but the bike makes me upset. Yo, but like, okay, there's maybe one thing. So if you're not that good, because some some hills, they're like impossible. Well, for especially for a beginner, you know, 
And if you want to press the button while you get up these hills to do some downhill after, it can possibly be acceptable until your legs become good enough uh, so that you can cycle yourself. But yeah, electric biking, not, uh, not, not a fan either. So I, uh, as someone who's kind of a new entrepreneur, I was really interested when um, I, I forgot how we got introduced. It might have been LinkedIn. It might outreach, called email the, outreach, uh, which is what I do. Perfect. Most, yeah, most likely. Email yeah. is is a staple. E- email is something I don't think that people realize this. Email is here to stay. You've, yep. Your phone number may have changed. Yep. Social media platforms come and go. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that had Zanga, everyone that had MySpace, your email, <laughs> surrendering your email and having or having an email relationship, getting something in your box and saying, yes, I want more of that. Um, you really kind of develop this relationship. There's this trust factor, this no like trust ability factor that exists. My email's over here. That's my emotion. That exists inside uh, the email space. Um, so I was really excited uh, when when we got connected because this is an area, you know, my list, it's sad to say, it's under a thousand people. Um, but it, it's it's a, a scrappy group of people. And um, I usually send out about three emails a week. So I'm not uh, high volume at all. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I know uh, nothing about. So I got my notepad. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, but tell us about this cold email because I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs, there are a lot of business people uh, in my audience. Um, so tell yeah. us about this. For sure. Well, email is a pretty stable technology. Uh, was invented, I think, if my memory is right, by the U.S. military. Well, at the same time as. World Wide Web uh, by Tim Berners-Lee, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's been like 50 to even 60 years that this has existed. Uh, it's not moving anywhere, just like blockchain technology and the web technology is not moving anywhere. Um, so it's like even if you change email, for example, because we, we change email sometimes, we either switch companies or um, start new companies, for example, um, the apps that I use, they track these new emails change, you know, so that's one. Two, uh, small distinction between like newsletter and cold email. Newsletter is people that subscribe to you. Cold email is is fresh out new introductions to people. Uh, if you study the, the history of cold email, you'll find out that the ancestor is like spam. Spam was like sending millions of emails to strangers, uh, selling them a dick bill or something. Um, while you know, cold email is selling them something very relevant to them, to their segment. What I mean by segment is their title, the number of employees they have, um, if they got some funding, if they are recruiting, uh, the technology that they use on their website, uh, their industry, obviously the keywords that they're in. So you can go very, very precise and offer them something very precise for their specific needs. I do B2B, I don't do B2C. So I do not sell like, for example, supplements to strangers. Um, I sell specific business services that they would need. For example, uh, let's say a TikTok uh, ad agency, I paired them with a D2C e-commerce brand doing 3 million a year with, let's say, four employees. They're selling headphones. I don't know. So that's pretty much what I do. Uh, cold email is very powerful for any new type of businesses because, yeah, you can book a calendar full of meetings. My clients, they book like 10 meetings a month, some of them 100. 
and myself, it's like 200 to even 500 meetings a month, you know? So, and we tend to close like 30% of that business in clients. So it, it's pretty strong. It's the best channel when you compare it from an ROI perspective, from a scalability perspective, if you compare it with LinkedIn outreach, if you compare it with cold call, which has been declining since forever. I own call centers, so I know it. And even Facebook ads and you know TikTok ads, which tends to be more B2C. But yeah, cold email is this really, really powerful thing. And you can use it for a bunch of things, not only to sell stuff, but you know, right now we're on a podcast. So uh, that's pretty much uh, how we got here, cold email. So you can connect with anyone, anywhere at any time. It's, it's literally a superpower. Man, I'm I'm kind of deflated. You know, I I thought I was gonna get more of these uh these dick enhancement emails. You know, <laughs> that's not what this is all about. Come good. on, if we if we can't get that through email, then the country is lost. Now, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Obviously. and you, you kind of touched on a, a bunch of different things. Um, so I I put out some feelers uh sometime to crowdsource questions. Um, and it says right on your website, guys. The website is topleads.agency. It's in the description below and it's also on screen. Um, and it's been on screen if you are a visual uh, visual listener. Guys, almost two years and I keep saying that. I know. I know you hate it. A visual, <laughs> visual listener. If you're watching this, uh, one day I'll get it right, I promise. Um, yeah. uh, but B2B, B2C, is that... Um, so you do B2B. Is cold email something that works better in the B2B space? Oh, or yeah. Some of the listeners that have B2C, should they should they do more um, of a call center play? What What's it well, look like for them? No, they shouldn't do... Because, you know, like B2C nowadays is mostly Facebook ads, Insta ads, TikTok ads, you know? You target consumers at scale or even a good old TV ad, for example. Um, when you're in B2B... Uh, you want to target other business people, right? If you're in B2C, you can do some of these campaigns. For example, if I have a supplement and I do, I used to have a supplement. I have it right here. Uh, we closed this one down, this company down, but we had B2B initiatives as well um, in which you want to use, you know, LinkedIn outreach, cold email, B2C, TikTok, um, Facebook, Insta. For example, B2B for my supplement. Why would I target corporate people with that? Um, well, I was targeting, for example, HR department, telling them that we had discounts for their employees. You know, if you want to give them employee perks and so forth, a nice little supplement so that they're more productive at work, so that their brain functions better, they retain more information and their performances are higher. Well, that would be a good B2B campaign. What would be another B2B campaign for a B2C company? Um, if I want to get into Target, if I want to get into Walmart, if I want to reach an influencer that will pitch my supplement and I'll give him a share of like everything he'll sell through through his audience um, and so forth, you know, you could even target I don't know like consultants. So it's a bit spammy the the, the last that last one, but still B two C, yeah, mostly ads and B two B. I'd say mostly like B two B companies like marketing company and marketing agencies recruitment agencies and so forth. Um, there's also a conscious choice of me going after B2B companies. And typically they tend to have higher margins um, vs D2C uh, consumer brands, let's say. Uh, they tend to be more um, scalable, more stable as well, B2B. Um, I've kind of made that conscious shift about five to seven years ago because I used to work with 
uh, realtors back in days, which I almost consider B2C, to be honest, because realtors are very very yeah. similar to consumers, to, to be honest, not to be offensive, but you know, they, they don't think really like business people. Um, most of them. And yeah, that wasn't scalable for my business. So nowadays I, I just go with uh, big B2B. Awesome. Um, so we got about uh, just just under five minutes, about four minutes left here. Um, I definitely, entrepreneurship is something that's important to me. And I, I just know that it, it has a transformational power to it. it you can yeah. Take charge of your life. You can, no matter what is on the left of the timeline, you can be the catalyst to change your family tree, change it all. Um, yeah. And it, it's not. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm almost. I did go to college. I have a master's degree, and it's almost a. It's not a point of shame at this point. My degrees have and will always be in these boxes, close to those binder <laughs> books in in the closets. They've never been on walls and frames. They've never been in my offices um, over my career. Entrepreneurship is what moves the needle. Um, And we didn't talk about this much when we met about a week ago. Um, But And that's one of the reasons, guys, we're not going to explain the B2B, B2C. Go and figure it out. I'm an e-commerce guy myself. I I do podcasts and website. I'm not really on the influencer model. I'm I'm more on an e-com model. Yeah. uh, which is so I operate B2C, obviously TikTok and uh, my Instagram game sucks. It's so bad. Uh, I do better on Twitter than Instagram. Yeah, uh, but if sucks. you could, uh, as someone who stood up multiple businesses and has worked with hundreds, if not thousands of businesses, um, just for this last three, four minutes, talk to us about what entrepreneurship means to you. There are a lot of people who have businesses that listen and people who are on the fence. And just just speak to that audience. It means so much. It means like if you, when people ask me like, who are you? Um, or, Or if I ask myself the question, who am I? The first words that comes up is entrepreneur. Then I often talk nowadays about, you know, citizenship and who who do I consider myself as, you know, I'm a Canadian by birth, but if, if I identify myself as one nationality, it would be US, you know, an American. Now you might ask the question why. Well, um, America has a bad rap when it comes to many topics, but if there's one thing that America does right, is uh, Israel does it right as well, and a bunch of other startup nations, it's entrepreneurship. Um, you can still come to America with an idea and uh, with a lot of hard work, you can you know, live the American dream and really free yourself up. It also happens to that uh, entrepreneurship is the one thing uh, polit- political activists can take into their hands and make change. A lot of people, they keep on talking, 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 but the problem with that is that there's no action. And without action, there's no momentum. Uh, and there's only, you know, like <laughs> superficial surface level stuff that happens. If you want to make a political change in your nation and, you know, be someone and, and have an impact, have power, money to make an impact in this world and see some of your ideologies uh, surface, well, you need to put up some action. That's why the, the greatest political players lately have been tech people that have 
<laughs> became billionaires from their efforts. We talk about Bezos, Zuckerberg. All of these folks are will become like future presidents. Mark my words, you know. So I mean, if they want, you know, because most of them are like this is bull, and I prefer to keep on having an impact with my companies. And to to be frank, I think they're they're right in thinking that way. Their their own companies can have a huge impact politically speaking. Uh, just talk about Amazon, you know, like everybody and their cousins use. Prime or Facebook, matter of fact, that influence the elections as we know them. So entrepreneurship means a lot to me. I believe that first, uh, you can become enlightened as a human being through uh, entrepreneurship. And that second, if you want to have a political impact out there, you absolutely need to launch a startup. So with these two fundamental beliefs, I mean, yeah, we can say that entrepreneurship is more than at least 60% of the human being you have in front of you. And also, if you want to make a change out there, well, become an entrepreneur. I couldn't agree more. Um, what, what you said about the work, how it's done, what you said about the United States, um, you know, a, a lot of times I just challenge people because they're afraid. They're afraid to step out and build something. We're not saying you got to quit your job today, uh, but start, start a side project, a hobby, um, and on for I'm one of those guys. I'm not. It's just, it's not just what you're passionate about, but it is something that you have a natural propensity towards, a proclivity, maybe some talent, some skill, um, something that you're good at. Because uh, yeah. it's it's a hard mountain to climb. Yeah, um, it's very hard. You need yeah. to constantly modify your mindset. Um, I think, yeah, obviously, if you have genetics, genetic preposition to be more ambitious and, and reach more, that can easy up the task. But I mean, yeah, who cares, you know, start from where you want to start, modify your mindset constantly on a daily basis, become 1% better. And next thing you know, like I said, enlightenment to entrepreneurship is real, you know, like not only business becomes easier, but your relationship, your personal life, you become this gritty individual uh, to, to whom like, no, there's no challenge. There's no such thing as a challenge, only an opportunity. You know, so yeah, it's, it's it's worth a shot for sure. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, it is the end of the week. We're nearing the end of the show. Uh, this is Charles CEO over at Top Leads, uh, Top Leads Cold Email Agency. It's topleads.agency is the website. It's also linked right below our heads or in the podcast notes if you're a podcast listener. Uh, before we go, I got to remind you, we are still doing the Stand Your Ground promotion over at djmobileshow.com. It's 30% off. It's, it's, it's more of a margin than I even make myself. So I'm, I'm really giving you uh, these things uh, for an incredible deal because I think it's important that you go out and you, you, you come out of the conservative closet. You, you share those opinions that you have. Um, and wearing some of my snarky t-shirts just helps you out. It's an easy way to do it. Uh, guys, I look forward to having, or guys, Charles, I look forward to having you on the long form because we, uh, you know, the first time we spoke, we it was clear that we could chat about all kinds of things from philosophy yeah, sure. and business and physics and, and all kinds of things. Well, I should have you on, on the late night one time, which is usually bourbon <laughs> and uh, uh, very interesting thoughts. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Um, his LinkedIn profile is also uh, linked below. For those of you who are uh, phonetically challenged, it's Charles Cormier. It's C-O-R-M-I-E-R. Uh, so go and check him out. Um, he's got some classes on his website. You can learn about cold email. Charles, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, man. Thank you, Joe. Have a good day. 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.